You're listening to Chasms of the Mind, a show where I, Chaz Bruns, ask my guests random questions about life. Enjoy. This episode is proudly brought to you by Patty Murphy's Irish Pub in Bangor, Maine. For a taste of Ireland and Maine, make sure to visit Patty Murphy's. So welcome everyone to podcast number three with my very talented guest, Ben Sprague. Ben, go ahead and tell everybody who doesn't know who you are. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> most people know who you are, but for those that don't, go ahead and give them your background. Okay, well, uh, I think it starts in second grade when you and I were in the same math class together at Vine Street oh, School. Man. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I was talking to Jana about that the other day, and, and Ian too, you know, the old stuff. Yeah. I don't remember anything earlier than like age 10 I think like yeah. it, it, I don't know if it's memories my parents have told me you know yeah and, and I, actually I take that back I do have some memories I remember getting in I think in first grade Vance Lupus you remember Vance yep he and I took some magnifying glasses and burnt some paper behind a dumpster <laughs> and of course I was the one that got blamed for it sure. Vance, Vance was totally involved but yeah. um, I, don't, I don't think we got suspended I don't know if they suspend you in first grade but that's yeah. one memory I do have but second yeah. grade math class huh yeah that's right around the corner here at Vine Street School no kidding. Yeah. yeah, good old Vine Street. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I grew up in Bangor here and uh, very proud to be involved with city council now, which I think is how most people know me today. I work at a day job and I've got a family and we can go down any path you want in this conversation. Yeah. But like well, you, I'm just really happy to be back in my hometown and being involved yeah. with things here has just been great. Well, that was a very humble way to start. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of wanted you to brag about yourself so that people know how cool you are. Um, ben went to Harvard, correct? That's correct. So yeah. uh, I wanted you to mention that. Uh, you were also mayor, which I know it's not really yeah. an elected position. It's more of an app- appointed position. And you don't really have any power, right? You're just like a seat. Yeah, it's like first among equals. So yeah. the mayor in Bangor is chosen by the city council each year. So there's nine city councilors in Bangor. Yeah. Each year they choose who gets to be the mayor. And uh, it's it's nice. It's fun. You get a little bit of an extra platform. And maybe you get to lead the agenda a little bit more so than just as a regular city councilor. But it's yeah. not like one of these other big cities where mayor is really a full-time job. It's still job. Pretty, pretty cool, though. Gianna, who I had on in episode two, I mentioned to her that the, you were the, had been the mayor. Because you're not currently, right? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just a regular city councilor. Yeah, but I, point, I, yeah. I mentioned that you were the mayor of Bangor. And she goes, oh, my God, like that's, that's <laughs> incredible. So people think that's pretty cool, yeah. even though it's, you know. It is fun. I mean, it's special. And it... it Brings me a lot of pride to be a city councilor and to be. I've been the mayor twice of Bangor, and it's been yeah. great. I I love it. Yeah, I, I wanted to tell this story too, which I I don't even know if you'll remember this, but I think it speaks to your character a lot. And I want I want to give you props here. When I I don't remember if it was Kabang or West Market Festival I was doing, but I I wanted to give you a main home shirt. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And you were like, no, I'm I'm sorry, I can't. And I was like, okay. And you left, and I looked at John Gillis. I was like, why can't he take a free shirt from me? He's like, dude. <laughs> He's a politician. It's considered a bribe. Like, he can't do it. And if you, like me in my mind, I'm like, a $10 shirt, like a guy I've known since second grade, he can't do it. But there you yeah. go, everybody who's, who's watching. That is the type of guy that Ben is that he was worried about even taking a free $10 t-shirt. Guess, yeah, so. well, you got to be careful with those things. And uh, But yeah. I remember, because I, I graduated from Bangor High School in 2002, and then I spent nine years in the Boston area for college and then afterwards. And I remember being in Boston and seeing what you guys and Tim and Josh and everybody was doing, Meg and others were doing with uh, Kabang and the West Market Festival before that. And I just remember thinking, like, Bangor is becoming a cool place again. And, yeah. you know, maybe I could move back. And, I mean, the emphasis is really on jobs and letting people or encouraging people to have a career here and get settled down. But yeah. lifestyle and social scene and things to do matters a lot, too. And Bangor has really come a long way with regard to those in the last 10 to 15 years. And yeah. You've been a part of that, too. I'll say it again. You've been very important in everything we've done along the way, even just silly things like the house that we're recording in now. Ben has helped me with different things throughout the city. There was a time, there's a local grocery store where um, bums would come and put their, their shopping carts all around the yard. <laughs> and it, it, I yeah. was talking to from the company to the city council, everybody being like, it's making the neighborhood look horrible. Ben somehow got it taken care of. There's no more shopping carts well, in my yeah, yard. It wasn't just me, but I appreciate yeah. the kind words. I mean, yes, but you, you've always been there from West Market to Kabang, um, helping and, and bettering the city. Um, and actually, to rewind, I was supposed to ask you this after you were talking about your, your accolades. How influential were your parents and what you became and, and influenced your life in terms of like, you know, go to college and, yeah. and whatnot? Because for me personally, I, my, I did go to, I did pre-med first and then graduated at CSUN for film. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to drop out every year. And my dad was like, no, you need that college degree, do it. And I'm, I am glad I have it. Um, but looking back, I think I would have taken that time and that money and opened a business. Yeah. So you... 
once again, I know this is a loaded question. I'll start with your parents, but your parents' yeah. influence on you. And then what do you think about college after having gone to, in my opinion, the best school in the yeah. world? Yeah. Do you still agree with it? So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my parents, I owe them the world. Uh, and now I have kids of my own and I'm observing my parents and parenting in general through a different perspective of now yeah. parenting my own kids. And believe me, I have this whole additional appreciation for my parents and seeing yeah. how hard it is to raise a child. And you know, my parents uh, really got me, I mean, they, they loved me unconditionally, which I think is the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, so many problems in the world and in people in their development and in challenges they have, a lot can be, not across, not universally, but a lot can yeah. be traced back to just needing somebody to love them unconditionally. Oh, yeah. And my parents, both of them, were absolutely that. I grew up yeah. in a very stable, loving home, and yeah. uh, they definitely had me on the path to success from a young age. And it's a great privilege to grow up that way. Yeah, and, people underestimate how important that is. Like whether you're in poverty or you're yeah. one of the richest families on the planet, your parents are a-holes. Yeah, you're gonna kind of have a tough time with life, and yeah. and I think I don't can't remember who it was, but the other day they were saying that the most important years are age one to seven, and whatever happens at that time is will make the who you are and your person out of the rest of your life. Yeah. Um. So just to clarify for your parents here, Ben is saying he went to Harvard because you were good parents. So good <laughs> That's job. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I mean, I like we try to have that same loving home for our kids at home, and. I there was actually a night I was driving home from something and it was a late concert night and it was like 10 p.m. and I'm just gonna sound like I'm shaming people but I remember seeing people smoking cigarettes and pushing baby strollers listening yeah. to the concerts yeah, at like yeah. 10 o'clock at night and I remember thinking how is that child possibly gonna be able to grow up and have yeah. all the same opportunities that my kids have had who yeah. have been home in bed for three hours now and got yeah. tucked in and a story read to them and yeah and are going to school on time and eating yeah. their breakfast yeah eating healthy foods for the most part not always but i don't know so much of it is that early education and parenting and i feel like it i feel like they there should be parenting classes or something because even yeah. my wife and i who i think we're doing it okay i remember being home with our firstborn and thinking the hospital just let us leave with this child like they just let <laughs> anybody this do creature. this just a living being yeah yeah yeah. They, why did why did this happen? But yeah. honestly, my kids, I just want them to do something that makes them happy and hopefully makes the world a better place. I mean, that's a little cliche, but yeah. I just want them to be fulfilled, but also know that they have it pretty good right now as kids, and they, yeah. as did I growing up. And when you have all these opportunities, there is a responsibility to use your skills to hopefully make a positive difference and yeah. i'd like to think that's what i've done but well so and then you know and later in life did your parents did they care if you if you went to school where you went to school like how was that choice made yeah. i'm sure you applied to a few schools right yeah they were always encouraging they always gave me enough space to kind of do my own thing and figure yeah. it out and i think they're proud of how i ended up and happy that i ended up moving back to bangor too but they never yeah. really pressured me overtly i think going to college was always an unsaid thing that yeah. was going to be part of my plan well and also you you have a different brain than me you have a math brain i have <laughs> well, more, I don't more of an that. art an art brain so for me i was just yeah. like ah school's driving me nuts yeah. and also film and tv like it's for me it's just more advantageous to go work on a show than go yeah. to film school for four years but yeah. if i was going to be doctor lawyer accountant work at a bank like you do then yes yeah. i i don't want to be misconstrued here if anybody's listening go to college i'm not saying don't go to college <laughs> go to college um but and, and the other thing that i wanted to bring up about harvard because i even questioned whether i was going to ask him like that sounds so oh did you go to harvard you know <laughs> i was wa or not watching listening to an interview with uh, conan o'brien who also went to harvard yeah. and he was saying that after a while it gets annoying because people do that to like oh oh you're so important you went to yeah. harvard yeah um so that being said are you happy you went there? Would you do it again? Your your kids, are you planning for them yeah. to be Ivy League? Or what are you going to say for them? No, advice? I don't have any plan for them. I mean, hope that they'll go to college. I mean, who yeah. knows what college will be like at that point and how much yeah. it will cost. And uh, I Yeah, think, cost is the big thing. Yeah. Like, gosh. I mean, there's, I think there's this really healthy push towards uh, trade schools and community college. And I always feel like people don't take me seriously when I say that because it's hard to go yeah. to Harvard and have that attitude and not come across kind of smug about it. But yeah. Eastern Maine Community College, for example, right in this community, you can go for a fraction of the cost, if not free, through financial aid and scholarships yeah. and different things. And 
you can get a really good education in yeah. a trade and come out and make good money. Yeah, I actually when I I got done um, with a job and I was it was act, right when I moved back from New York and I went to Penobscot Theater and ran to my friend Orson who was a professional carpenter. And I just it was like the day I'd quit my yeah. other job and I said, "Hey man, like do you need any help?" And he's like, "Yeah, a guy quit yesterday. Come on in." So I apprenticed with him for a year and I think he paid me like 12 to 15 bucks an hour or something like that, which was already great, yeah. right? But then after a year, I branched off and did my own carpentry and was making 30 to $35 an hour. And my, I was kind of just blown away because yeah. my whole life, whether I was in L.A. or New York, um, working acting gigs or whatever, bartending to get by, I was like, oh, as a trade, a skilled tradesman, I can make 35 bucks an hour? That's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, and people forget that. Yeah. And you can get a two-year degree from the community college and then transfer in as a junior to the University of Maine or Husson right now. It sounds like I'm like on a soapbox for Eastern Maine Community College right <laughs> no, that's now, good. like pitching their program. Honestly, this whole episode is going to be pro-banger. I think you will do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's cliches. I said this to Jenna. Yeah. The meaning of life is to be happy, yeah. right? So when I'm talking negative about school, it's not that I – if somebody's happy going to school, like there are people that that's their whole thing. Like they, they want to go to grad school Yeah, they want to yeah. go to school forever, be masters and whatnot. Yeah. It's more that I see – like my own siblings have – you know, I won't say the exact amount because it's matter, but they have a lot of school debt. Yeah. Right. Um, and so when I think about even just the debt I have on my own, having worked through uh, school and paid it off as I was in school, I can't imagine having school debt on top of that. Like, it's really yeah. a crippling, tough thing. So that's kind of more where yeah. I'm coming from. I feel like that. society is shifting a bit on that because yeah. people have so much debt and you can get a good education for less. And I mean, obviously, I, I can't. This is what people will say. It's kind of smug. A Harvard degree is obviously worth a lot in the workforce, in the marketplace. Yeah. A community college degree has sometimes been looked down upon, but I feel like that attitude is changing a bit and yeah. that will be perceived more valuably over time. Yeah, I hope so anyways. Uh, to, to rewind for a second too, because you're talking about uh, kids, something that I was talking to Ian Curls about that we didn't film the podcast, um, how, how different it is to be alive today. And I touched on it with Jana's movie. Jana's movie, we went to high school with Jana and it's about um, being in high school in the modern times with cell phones and like yeah. Snapchat and pictures and, and you know all the stuff that can happen with that. For your children, are you going to try to keep them from like having a cell phone in their hand every day using those things I, per I personally am for it i think yeah. that's the way the world's going and they should be on top of it yeah. but the thing that i talked about with ian was when my brother brother and i were little when the jc penny catalogs would come in the mail we'd yeah. be excited to like go outside and sneak behind my dad's shed and look at the girls in, in the lingerie right <laughs> okay. and that was like what was bad for us was to see yeah. women in lingerie at a jc penny catalog that seems now. Yeah. yeah so if you're a, a four or five year old now and you got an ipad and mom and dad are in the kitchen you know some of the stuff you can Google and see yeah. instantly. So yeah. as a parent, because I, I don't have kids yet, so I'm asking you as the, yeah. one of my friends that has them, what are you going to do? Because you can't really police it. Even yeah. if you wanted to stop them, Ben, they're going to see it. So there's how... no way to limit – there's no way to prevent them from engaging with different forms of technology. And yeah. like you said, I think there are some super positives. Like our 5-year-old yeah. and 3-year-old now can navigate their way around an iPhone. Yeah. They can figure out how to find stations on the TV – uh, they're doing these games on computers that we had when we were young, but they were yeah. a much more simple version of even games today. But they yeah. learn a lot of literacy and numbers and facts about the world, and uh, that's all really positive. Yeah. What I worry about more, and I worry about this with myself too and people older than us, is just yeah. this seismic shift that's happened with how our brains work being on these devices all the time. Because yeah. you don't need to think the same way. Not yeah. only do you not need to think about uh, critically about things because you can just google things yeah. uh, people are also thinking all the time about how is this going to be perceived on facebook instagram yeah. twitter snapchat whatever else and yeah. people are living experiences almost like vicariously through their social media presence to just yeah. see how is this going to play on social media yeah. Oh, yeah people are not having not just thinking for themselves without needing to then immediately express that thought on social media. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, in the history of humanity, that's a seismic shift that we're going through just in the last yeah. 20 years since all this stuff started to become more prevalent. And yeah. that worries me a lot because I feel like my brain sometimes is falling apart yeah. because of just the different, I'm not working my mind in the same way that I used to. Yeah. And I don't like it. And it is a million conveniences and, and so many special things. And we can have this conversation and many people can listen to it because of all this technology. Yeah. But at what cost to our human development yeah. through, all, through all these changes? I don't know who said this quote, but it's the comparison is a thief of joy uh, quote. And I, I can't agree with that anymore. Like yeah. that is 
anytime I'm sad lately, it's because I'm looking at somebody's Instagram going, oh man, like they're in Mexico doing yeah. this cool thing and that's so amazing, which can be good if, if it motivates you, right? And, and yeah. it gets you to, to do better things with your life. But most time it doesn't. Most time people yeah. just look at that stuff and they're like, like I look, oh, look what Ben's doing. Ben's mayor. I can't believe Ben's mayor <laughs> and I'm home watching Netflix, you know? Yeah. Um, and it does, it, it's when, like you said, in human history, there was always that kind of high school mentality, whether you're high school, college, comparing yourself to your peers. But yeah. then eventually you'd graduate from that and get in the world, real world, and that was the end. Yeah. Now, like you said, even my own grandmother's on Facebook. And I don't yeah. know if she's comparing herself to her friends, but I'm sure she is. Sure. You know, like, oh, she gets to go out more often than I go out, or she's hanging out with her grandkids yeah. more often. It's the same thing. How could you not? Uh, yeah, there's lots yeah. of studies out there, and especially with older people, actually, that correlate depression with the amount of time you spend on Facebook. Yeah. And the more you scroll through... I feel the same way at, at night when I'm when I should actually be going to sleep or let alone reading a book or something like something yeah. substantive. I just scroll through Facebook and then you feel like an erosion somehow in your yeah. spirit. It, it so, can be so depressing. So what we're saying, if you're listening to this podcast, turn it off immediately. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I, I don't guys, mean I don't mean to vilify technology. Yeah. Obviously, it's amazing and yeah. this is the next step in human evolution and it needs to happen and we can't stop even if even if you and I hated it. We're like, yeah. no. Once again, it's going to happen. Your kids are going to have an iPhone or whatever's yeah. coming next. Um, but it does, it literally will rewire your brain. We're talking about math class, right? Yeah. I don't think I can do math anymore because I just use my phone every time. Like if yeah. I had to stop and be like, 8 times 8 plus 32, I'd be like, what? You know? Yeah. yeah. So I feel the same way. And I, I don't know how you get around that because it's so ubiquitous throughout society now. I mean, our, our oldest is five years old and he's not on social media or anything. But yeah. He can get it. I feel like he can get attached to to screens really easily with it. Yeah. And with the flip side of that is my whole political base image has been so cultivated through Facebook, especially. I've got a great Facebook page, and the people I engage with on there who follow my page, I just yeah. I love them, and I get good feedback and support and suggestions. Uh, but I've been able to grow my image and my name recognition yeah. through. I think effective social media yeah. and I've also been able to use it probably more importantly to keep people informed about what's going on and to give yeah. updates that people need to know. So, yeah. I mean, I am super pro social media. I don't want that to be confusing, but yeah, yeah. I do wonder what it's happening to our brains. Well, also, even if it is just an addiction, right? It's probably the, one of the best addictions you can have. Like at least you and I aren't shooting heroin. <laughs> there's worse out, things. You know, like if yeah. you and I are in bed, look, scrolling through our, our Instagram at two in yeah. the morning. So be it. But they say yeah. there's that little dopamine rush that there is, is yeah. similar from, you oh know, yeah, getting, I, I getting will, likes and comments and you shares. You know, sometimes if you're scrolling, this is going to make me sound awful, but if you scroll for long enough, you run out, right? It's <laughs> like refresh your feed, and I will yeah. sometimes just keep refreshing it and seeing the same memes over and over again. I'm like, okay, Chad, yeah. you've been seeing this for 10 minutes. You know there's nothing new. It's 4 in the morning. None of your friends have yeah. posted anything. Go to bed. Facebook should put a go to bed <laughs> yeah. notice well, they, they at the did, bottom of the feed. They did release something, and I haven't looked at it yet, but I think it's an app that gets added to your phone that'll tell you how much screen time you've yeah. used. I don't know if that was Apple or Facebook. I have that on my iPhone now. It came yeah. with the latest update, and I hate it because every single Sunday morning I hit an update yeah. and it's like such and such amount of time down yeah. or up 22% from last week and I just yeah. think oh my god this it's is the terrible. Same, it's the same feeling I get when you're watching Netflix and it's like are you still watching and that's their way of saying yeah. you've seen like four hours worth of television are you alive still <laughs> have you passed out yeah. on your couch yeah 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 uh, but once again, there's no stopping it. I think, and I'm going record saying this too, if they could implant internet in my brain, I'd do it. Yeah. You know, I think ultimately we're headed in that direction. I don't want to say cyborg, but something along those lines. Yeah, your like brain even, will be meshed with the technology. I'm wearing contacts. You've got glasses on your face. We're using yeah. technology right now. Yeah. Like, granted, this is an older form of a watch, but I've also got the watch in my pocket now. Like, yeah. Google has made us almost cyborgs in a way. Yeah. Well, the technology, it does this to us because we're all human beings and we're yeah. subject to whether it's temptation or greed or jealousy and it would play out those very human emotions through interactions with technology. So yeah. until humans become perfect, which is never going to happen, the technology yeah. is always going to enhance yeah. the good in us, but also the bad in us as well. And yeah. I don't know, it's, it's just never going to change the technology. Yeah. The kids growing up now will never have known a period like you and I at yeah. least remember a time before logging into AOL and having yeah. the modem scratching sound and yeah. having to walk across the floor to actually answer a phone that's attached to a cord on the wall. Yeah. And, yeah. and all the kids after us that aren't going to have rem remember that or experience that. You know what's funny about that too is when the movie The Matrix came out, it blew my mind, right? To think yeah. about that concept of maybe we're in a video game, so to speak, or whatever, because we knew life before that. If you're born now and all you've ever known is this, I can't even imagine how they view reality. They must yeah. think that this is just one dimension out of many, which maybe it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it does, I mean, 
you can be in touch with virtually any person you've ever met though instantly yeah if how you, weird is that yeah <laughs> any person from any context in your life high school yeah. high school college work travel anybody you've ever met and had a relationship with in any form yeah. you can send a message to them right now yeah. yeah that's the only time in human history that's ever been possible I'm not. I haven't started doing it yet because you're only the third guest. Which, by the way, to rewind, I should have. I should have had Ben be the first guest because <laughs> no, okay. the first podcast I ever went on was Ben's uh, podcast, <laughs> uh, the main show, right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. we wanted to plug that for you. Go check out Ben's podcast yep. if you like what he's saying now. He's got over 150 episodes. Yeah, like 120 right? or so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was gonna say I haven't started doing it yet because this is just the third um, episode. Uh, but I was going to try to do a live stream of these conversations. So think about yeah. that, that somebody can sit and listen to us live as we're having this. Yeah. Right. Like when I was a little kid, if I wanted to go see John Gillis, I had to get on my bike and yeah. ride to his house yeah. or pick up and call his mom and say, hey, is John there? I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. Make sure he's there. Yeah. You know? And that is an that is an earthquake for traditional media, because one of the big changes since I started on city council, when I started in 2011, almost every meeting we had, at least one or two of the local TV stations was there. The BDN yeah. was there. We had this other little hometown paper that was also there. Yeah. Now we have a lot of meetings that no media even covers yeah. because the metrics and the dollars of media have changed so much. Yeah. But at the same time, I can use Facebook to basically create my own media channel with it. Yeah. Certainly through podcasting, but I can do a Facebook Live video and just talk about what we're working on in city council. Yeah. And it's basically a local news report. I, I'm not going to lie. I felt bad for you when you first got elected because I was like, wow, Ben's elected in the age of social media. So I would <laughs> see people posting things on your wall and tagging you and things. And I myself did it too. And one yeah. day I was like, oh, I should probably stop publicly tagging <laughs> Ben because he's probably at home with his wife looking and going, why is Chaz tagging me in this thing about Bangor that he wants no, to fix? Like, it's okay. That, that yeah. must happen to you, right? With people just barraging you with like, you're on city council, fix this one. Yeah, you. yeah. It, it happens a lot and I don't really mind because I think I have enough boundaries that if I am truly home and don't want to be interrupted, yeah. I'm still generally pretty good at not engaging with it. I mean, there's yeah. definitely times when the kids are in the bath and I'm giving them a few minutes. I'll like look at my phone and just see what's going on. And I hate that because yeah. I want to be fully engaged with them at yeah. all times when I'm home. Uh, but people have reached, people reach out about stuff all the time. And I generally like it because people for the most part, nine out of the 10 times, people yeah. are pretty respectful, yeah. especially with local stuff. I feel like having done it for a while now, a lot of people know me and they know that I'm trying my best as we yeah. all are in the city council. And yeah, there's no reason to really be antagonistic towards me because I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try to engage with you positively. Yeah. But you definitely must get some trolls that are just like, screw, yeah. screw you, Ben. Like, have you had to block people on Facebook? I don't think I've blocked. I've muted some people. Yeah. I don't block people from reaching out to me, but yeah. there's a, a handful of people that I just have on mute so I don't see their updates because it yeah. makes me anxious or angry yeah. or it's just... I don't know. Not people sparking joy, that too, as they say. The, the doing what you do is a, a bureaucracy, and people forget that. Like you can't just, for instance, the shopping cart thing I was talking yeah. about earlier. That took almost a year yeah, for something to happen, and people people instantly think, "Well, I've got this problem. I'm going to go email Ben. It should be taken care of next week." And they don't yeah. realize there's hoops to jump through and people to talk to and things to do. Yeah. So I'm I'm impressed you can do that. That's probably one of the number one reasons I don't run for public yeah. office. Is like I don't want to be answered. I don't want to be at the bar and have Bob and Sue come over and say, "Chaz, you need to fix the pothole in yeah. front of my house." Like, but when you do get it. Fixed, fixed and a pothole is a good example because yeah. public works in bangor does fill those pretty fast once yeah. the request is made yeah. i know people right now are pissed about the potholes all over the city and i get it. it's been a bad winter and early spring for potholes so far i'm glad you said that because by the way this is my little list over here it's called the, the book of chaz <laughs> are you going to talk about potholes I, i'm going to talk about <laughs> well it's actually more of a conspiracy theory about asphalt okay? okay so this is something that i was talking to my friends about the other day Obviously, driving through Bangor, most parts of Maine, is a joke that we've got huge yeah. potholes. They say the, the Maine right State uh, flowers the, the um, caution cone or whatever, right? <laughs> that joke. Yeah. So my question is what we were saying was kind of conspiracy. If you go to other cold climate places like big cities, you know, Montreal, New York, that have a lot of snow and plows and things going, yeah. their roads seem to be okay. So is that because they've got bigger budgets and are just replacing the roads more often? Or yeah. is it the thickness and quality of the asphalt? Because what the conspiracy was, we said, is we're like, oh, Maine's kind of a small economy state. Like maybe there's just one dude, Bob, that makes all the asphalt <laughs> for all the cities. And he just makes really thin, crappy asphalt knowing yeah. that it'll fall apart and he'll have to get, have a job again in 10 years. Yeah. So what's, what's that? Is Bangor's budget just not big enough? The to number one variable is budget. Yeah. Ro okay. Road repairs are expensive. And yeah. uh it's millions of dollars to do each summer yeah. we throw millions of dollars into these roads yeah. and 
still there's lots of problems. Well, so that's my next question. Why is it so expensive? At yeah. this day and age, why don't we have technology that can just lay a road? Yeah, I don't and, know. And like, is asphalt really that expensive to make? Is it a crazy? Is yeah. it like full of diamonds? You know, like why is it millions? No, I don't know. I it's it's the groundwork, it's the material itself, it's the labor, yeah. it's all expensive. And the city also had probably a eight to ten year period in the mid two thousands that they did a lot of deferred maintenance where they weren't because the budget was bad yeah. back then too, so they weren't putting money in. And when you defer maintenance like that, it catches up with you. Yeah. So now we're trying to do what maintenance is necessary now, but also catch up on what was not done in the past. Yeah. So, and it's budgetary. I mean, I could talk for hours with you about municipal budgets and everybody yeah. would turn off the podcast because it's so boring, <laughs> but yeah. they, there's just not a lot of funding mechanisms but, for these things. Are there any alternatives to it? Because I know some, like some Scandinavian countries now are, are looking at putting solar even in the roads, which seems like yeah. a crazy expense, but we'll pay out long term, but, yeah. or different materials. You know, I know down South, they do a lot of concrete, which I guess we can't do concrete so much up here because of the frost heaves or yeah. breaks and whatnot. But are we just screwed because of where we are geographically? Like Maine's yeah. just always going to have crap roads we're starting to play around downtown a little bit with heated sidewalks yeah, which sounds that. pretty That's elaborate cool. yeah but it's really sort of simple it's just flowing warm water underneath yeah. the sidewalk that but keeps we, it we couldn't do that to roads though probably not no because yeah. you need a really strong utility system to be able to warm it throughout but yeah, it would be too cost yeah costly. it's dollars though it's it's federal dot dollars and state dollars have really dried up so yeah. municipalities we have one funding mechanism which is really property taxes yeah. and we don't have a broad or deep enough tax base to pay yeah. for everything that we need to do so that's that's the answer it's dollars so you heard it here first from ben Maine's roads are going to suck for the next hundred years <laughs> until we fi figure out better funding mechanisms. And yeah. I don't know, like where all the toll money goes. For example, yeah. like there, the tolls seem to go up every year, every few years on the highway. Yeah. And I would love to see a little bit more of that money <laughs> spread yeah. around the state because yeah. the interstates don't get bottles in them the same yeah. way. I mean, every <laughs> once in a while, but. Yeah, uh, I, I've always wondered about that. When I lived in New York, some of those bridges, I, I ac accidentally went across with a, a, a band that had a truck and a trailer. So it's like $15 for the truck and another $15 for the trailer each way. So it ended up being like $30 of, uh, of yeah. fees to go across a bridge. And I started adding it up and like looked up stats of how many millions went across that bridge per day. Yeah. And it was like, wow, they've got that much money coming in. But somehow the MTA is always complaining they don't have funds. Yeah. So I wonder if the similar thing here is that like they're like, oh, we need money over here and over here. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that there's fraud or anything weird like that. We have to wonder where's the money going? How can yeah. we not be paving and fixing? Yeah, then the you got to prioritize. I mean, there's roads in rural Maine that how many yeah. cars do they get a day? Maybe 40 cars a day that yeah. are junk. And yeah. the cost to fix them is really astronomically high. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's just not enough dollars to do everything. Yeah. Hey, but to get the dollars, you either have to add tolls in or raise income taxes or raise yeah. sales tax and property tax. I, I vote for no raise in income tax. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants <laughs> nobody wants higher taxes. Nobody. Yeah. But that's the, that's the rub of it, right? Everybody wants the services. Yeah. You can't yeah. have it both ways. Yeah. Until you figure out some really creative solutions, but my yeah. solution is always the federal and state levels let's, of government. Let's make Mexico pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems, seems to be working, right? In sure. Our, in our federal yeah. government. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but like five years ago, I tagged you in a post, maybe even longer ago now, but uh, about a uh, indoor water park. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I kind of want to go, obviously that's pie in the sky. That'd be like a 50 million or $150 million budget to do something like that. I think we yeah. were talking about putting um, something over near like the Bass Park parking area. Yeah. It was as, you know, the casino was coming up and the new hotels and everything over there. Yep. Do you think something like that could ever be possible in the city of Bangor? Because you look at other cold climate places. New Hampshire has one. Yeah. I think uh, Quebec or Montreal have them right outside yeah. the city. So what do you think about that? Actually, we keep seeing this commercial on TV, my wife and I, for, and I forget where it is in Massachusetts, but it's basically an indoor water park. Yeah. And it's this great wintertime destination for families and get, with kids. And it, it, I don't know. Why not? Why not? How would we even begin? Because like I said, I tagged you as a yeah. joke, like thinking, that, oh, Ben will find somebody. Yeah. But how do you do that? Because if you even think about like Amazon and them going around shopping to cities, like would you go yeah. find an amusement park company and say, hey, like would you yeah. consider coming to Bangor? How does that begin? One of the things I've learned on city council, unfortunately, is that our tools for attracting businesses are somewhat limited. We're boxed in a little bit by state laws on what we can offer for tax incentives, for example. There's yeah. only there's really specific ways you have to do it. So I remember yeah. thinking, well, why don't we just give away? I mean, give away the farm basically to get a good company here to yeah. employ several hundred people, and 
we're involved with economic development initiatives like that all the time, but it hasn't been quite as clear cut as I thought it might be to say, we want to attract X business. Let's give them Y incentive to come here. Yeah. I mean, something like a water park, I think that you'd have to make a marketing push and you'd have to yeah. think creatively and maybe find a city space. I mean, Bangor yeah. is, still has some rural undeveloped areas of it, but if you yeah. want to be downtown, if you want to be on the waterfront, uh, there's not that much real estate left for yeah. things like that. Uh, people often want to do creative things downtown, uh, and it's just tough. A lot of the buildings are pretty old, and they require pretty a lot old, of work yeah. to be rehabbed. I, yeah. I selfishly brought up the the um, indoor water park because, as you know, it's it's yeah, it's March today, March first. Yeah, March in Maine can be tough. I know you, I know you love living here. I love living <laughs> yeah. in Maine too. We chose to be here. But it gets tough. So I want yeah. something warm. So that's why I'm doing the pie in the sky, tossing this out in this podcast. If you're listening, if you got $150 million, <laughs> please build Chaz and Ben a place to go float in the lazy river in March. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lazy river all the way around the community. <laughs> yeah. People always talk about better linkages between Bangor and Brewer, too. Yeah. I don't there know if go. you could have like a pipeline uh, with the oh, lazy I'm, river. I'm glad you said that. I was thinking this a second ago about things that cities have done. So in, I can't remember if it was in Brooklyn or Queens or maybe New Jersey or where, but somewhere in, on one of the rivers on either side of Manhattan, they built a barge pool that they like yeah. stuck in the river. So you people could go and like have a martini and swim nice. around and feel like they're swimming in the river, but it was just a big floating pool. Yeah. So it's like a pie in the sky for Bangor to get a big floating pool, but that would be pretty awesome if yeah, you could swim it. in the Penobscot, but not be in the Penobscot. Yeah, on a know? concert night, a warm, yeah. warm summer night. Yeah, it's like a few feet taller than the actual water is, but you feel yeah. like you're in the water and it's you know, obviously chlorine and safe. But Yeah, um, but I mean, it's not a water park, but the Cross Insurance Center has been a great success for Bangor, and that was built and constructed basically in the throes of the Great Recession in 2008, yeah. 2009, 2010. Yeah. Uh, and even that, there were some elements that were in the original plan, like a sky bridge across Main Street from the Cross Center to the casino that actually got costed out in the last stages of it. Yeah. So it wasn't quite uh, everything that people wanted and planned on, but it's a great building, and it was done by the city in a really tough economic time. This was yeah. before my time on the council, but yeah. I think it speaks to Bangor in general. People are are creative. They're motivated. There's a this inherent optimism in Bangor to get things done. I think the cross the cross center is a good example of that. The waterfront, yeah, uh, the casino, the whole Main Street area, yeah. So it, it the, the what has happened in the past decade is crazy. Do you remember? Yeah. I remember when I first came back from L.A. I think and I was I was bartending at the Wigan Courier. It was the only restaurant. In yeah. Actually, I take that back. I think the Pakistani place was open, and <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe one other, but it was the only place. Yeah. And now we have what like fifteen restaurants downtown. Yeah. That I, happened in, in a decade. When I was in Boston, it would have been probably 06, 07, first part of 08. I remember yeah. hearing that Patty Murphy's was going to open in downtown yeah. Bangor because yeah. I used to always read the BDN online, even though I was in Massachusetts. And I remember thinking, that's really depressing, the idea of going into downtown to drink. <laughs> that, that was the perspective back then. Like, you'd go <laughs> yeah. out to the mall area or you'd go yeah. even out by Ground Round. And the idea yeah. of going downtown to yeah, drink. downtown was a bunch of empty buildings. Yeah, that were it running. was like sad. To yeah. think about doing that. Which is really <laughs> ironic now because I, I don't know how recent this article was, but I saw an article about um, the mall being auctioned off. Mm -hmm. That happened recently, right? Yeah. Like a few weeks ago just, or something? Just recently, yeah. Yeah, for $16 million, I guess. Uh, so I don't know who bought it or what they're going to do, but it's just funny to see. that, And it's not just Bangor. It's all yeah. around the, the country that the downtown revitalization thing is happening. But I'm so glad it's happening. Like, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it wasn't by accident in Bangor either. It, it was pretty deliberate steps to rehab specific buildings like where the Discovery Museum is and where the University of Maine Art Museum is and the building that Epic Sports is in. Yeah. The city pretty proactively tried to rehab those buildings to get viable things in there, and those yeah. have all been good cornerstones for downtown. And now there's all these residential units downtown on some of the upper floors. Yep. Even when I first got involved with city council in 2011, 2012, there was a ton of vacancy downtown, especially in the upper floors on things. And there's still definitely some buildings here and there around that don't have much going on with them. But for the most part, a lot of the upper floors are occupied now. Some yeah. offices, there's artists doing creative things downtown. Uh, and then there's just this real push to have more residential downtown. Yeah, it, That's been super good. It, it, I hate to say it, it selfishly bums me out because I wanted to buy <laughs> some of those buildings, which I don't have the money yeah. for. And now they're all getting bought up, which is great. It's, yeah. We're having the renaissance that Portland had about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's it's about time. And it's yeah. great. We have mutual friends that are buying buildings and doing things, making like like luxury apartments. Yeah. Um, and that whole block on Exchange Street now with, with Josh Gass doing Bangor Arts Exchange 
change, which is yep. amazing. We, I don't even know, anybody that's watching this, if you didn't know, we have a live music venue in downtown Bangor, Bangor Arts Exchange, and yeah. other things. We do other events as well, but once again, you picture downtown Bangor 10 years ago, like you said, you'd be like, do I want to go down there? Yeah. What? I think Spose is there this weekend, and yeah. I, that small to mid-size music venue was a missing piece for a long time, and yeah. that's a good example of people just making it happen. Yeah. And the city and incentivized it over time and supported de development and growth but it was really private entrepreneurs and people that wanted to make something like that happen it's yeah. been great and some of that spillover i think is going to positively impact the surrounding neighborhoods like this first to third street neighborhood yeah. neighborhood i'm super high on because there's going to be some of that spillover from main street from downtown uh in terms of residential uh but yeah. people not everybody wants to have a car this day and age and yeah. they still want to be close to things so this is a great neighborhood to walk to all these places so yeah. Yeah, i think when, it's a good spot when i have tenants from that are coming to check out apartments that's the number one thing they're excited about it's like i can walk from one block to yeah. the waterfront concerts to the restaurants to everything yeah and it's this was what used to be considered the, the ghetto of bangor was yeah. first through third street and now it's a coveted area you know? yeah there's a lot of airbnb things happening in this neighborhood for just let alone on concert nights but oh, yeah. yeah i'm super yeah. high in this neighborhood and with bangor savings bank has this beautiful new campus there they're going to employ several hundred people within yeah. a stone's that, throw of this neighborhood it's, that building's incredible yeah it's gonna be super positive i think I, I don't know if you'll remember this either it was around the same time that i was messaging you about or tagging you about the um the indoor water park the university of maine has an acting department and, a, and kind of I, I would say film but it's more new media mm -hmm. and I, I was talking to you about having a satellite school in downtown Bangor with like yeah. dorms for either UMaine and or Hudson and I think what derailed the conversation at the time was right when uh, UMaine had just built like a 50 or 60 million dollar brand new new media film mm -hmm. um, television stuff up on campus so like they were kind of open yeah. to it and they're like oh that seems neat but guess what we just got this grant and we're going to do it here yeah. so that kind of fell through uh, so now that the, the TV portion of UMaine has gone do you think you could get like the acting portion of UMaine, yeah, um, or somebody awesome. to, to put some dorms downtown and have you know have the cafes filled with young students and yeah. and uh, arts and things like that, or even um, the the Rockport or Rockland uh, film workshops that yep. sort of thing. Do you think that's a possibility in downtown Bangor? Yeah, because there's buses and shuttles that go right back and forth between downtown and campus too. It'd be yeah. great. Unfortunately, the trend has sort of been like you're saying that University of Maine is doing more and more on campus. Yeah, with one they, they have a land grant, right? So that's yeah. what it is. So that's federal money coming in. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. They, don't, they don't have any incentive to be in Bangor. Yeah, and just their culture is on campus in Orono yeah. uh, and around the different campuses. The one exception to that is that UMaine has done their basketball games at the Cross Center, which I think has yep. been really positive for them, and it's been a good way to link the communities and get more Bangor people associated with University of Maine through that one thing. Uh, yeah. But the University of Maine had office presence downtown for a while. That's yeah, it was the building. Above, um, Epic Sports. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, they pulled that all back to campus as well. Yeah. Why was that? Uh, I think the contraction is probably budget-related. I think it's an out-of-state company that owns that building right yeah. that leases it yeah because yeah. i at one point i called and they put a sign that it was either for lease or sale i called them and uh, not to badmouth this company i don't even know who the company is but it was an astronomical price yeah and i was like oh they must be out of state they don't realize what rents are downtown yeah. so maybe yeah. they got priced out well i think they probably get, get they get priced out a little bit but yeah. it's the same thing i mean it's we're talking about the roads and not enough dollars there's not enough no. dollars for the university of maine because they're a public yeah. institution to do everything they want to do i think it would be incredibly positive for them or Hassan to get more involved with downtown Bangor. Yeah. It'd be a good recruitment tool because students, if you're yeah. coming from out of state yeah. and driving all the way to Orno, it yeah. is a long drive yeah. north of Portland to oh, get yeah. there. And you go through Bangor and you're still going. Yeah. If you could be in a more urban center, I think that would yeah. be a good draw for students, faculty, staff. Yeah, and I don't even, I'm not saying like, oh, move move Orono to downtown Bangor. I just mean a small portion, just some, because yeah. at one point when I was, um, I went to school for one year at UMaine, and I was driving down to like, I want to say Bucksport or somewhere like that for a second, I don't remember now, it's so long ago, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> um, but, it, and I remember thinking like, oh, that's interesting, why isn't this on campus? So they, they do do that, and they yeah. have like UMaine Augusta, Farmington, they have other satellite things. Um, so I was just hoping there could be some program they could move, but... Yeah. Um, so your your vibe is you think it's a money thing and they're not interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you know more of the bureaucracy up at Orno. Than well, I they do. have a relatively new. They have a new president up there. I've met yeah. her a couple of times, and she said to me, and I've said back to her, we'd love to build this relationship and have a better connection between Orno and yeah. Bangor. And whether it's professors doing research somehow with a Bangor connection, or the university getting more involved with the Cross Center or different things downtown. 
Yeah. You're saying all the right things, but but you're right. An actual program uh, of some kind uh, yeah. would but be... It doesn't have to be acting. I keep yeah. saying arts, but it could be a math class. Yeah, or a residential. Uh, dorms yeah. would be dorms. great. Yeah, dorms yeah. would be cool. Yeah, they kept all their classes up in Orono, but they had people... Because yeah. that's mostly what it was, is when I first moved back um, from L.A., I was downtown, it's like, there's nobody here. Yeah. Not, not only nobody here, but nobody my age. If there was somebody, it'd be, you know... Right. Bob and Sue in their sixties having a coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that leads me to my next question. Yeah. That was my. Those are my two things. A, a indoor water park, which is pie in the sky, yeah. and some sort of school downtown. Yeah. So you've been mayor. You're on city council. You deal with this on a daily basis. It, they talk about it on the radio shows, TV, all the time. Maine's brain drain. Ben, how do we stop people from leaving? Because you and I came back. I, I'm yeah. not going to call my, myself successful, but you're a very successful guy, in my opinion. Um, how do you get people like yourself to want to return to Maine? You wanted to raise a family, yeah. but not everybody does. So yeah. what incentives can we do? We're not going to get an Amazon up here. We're, I mean, theoretically, yeah. I'd love it if we could, but something like that's not going to happen. So what, yeah. what in your mind can we do on a smaller scale to get people to, to stay and or come back after they've left? Well, when I did move back... I did want to settle down in this area, but I didn't even know my now wife at the time. And one yeah. of the blocks for me to thinking about making the move from Boston back to Bangor was the idea of what is there to do? Yeah. And also the single scene too. And yeah. I rough. was single before I met my now wife. I was single in Bangor for only a few months or so. But yeah. I remember thinking already at that point, the single scene for somebody in their late 20s or early 30s yeah. and presumably older is hard. Was that before uh, like Tinder and, and online dating? Yep. Stuff like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, more. online dating was around, but yeah. I wasn't into that. But yeah. online dating in Bangor, I think, would be hard because everybody knows each other. You're going to see yeah. the same people yeah. out over and over again. Yeah. And people pair off really young around here. So I remember yeah. being out at bars and people had been married and kids and sometimes divorced by the age of like 25 or 26. Oh, yeah. And yeah. in Boston, people don't even really start dating super seriously until they're yeah. 30 or yeah. older. Yeah. And, yeah. But fortunately, I met Mallory and it all worked out fine. But yeah. it was a, a leap. Job is, of course, probably the number one variable. I yeah. was working as a financial advisor and doing retirement planning, which fortunately you can do just about anywhere. You don't need to be in Boston or New York or one of the big financial centers. You can do it in Bangor. Yeah, There's lots of people that would like to move back if they could, but they don't have a job in a field like that. Yeah, it, Like if you want to work for NASA, just as an example, I don't know why I thought of NASA, but if you want to do that, you can't do yeah. it in Bangor <laughs> very yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. Uh, but so job is one, but also lifestyle. I think Bangor has done well with that over the last 10 to 15 years to make yeah. this a place where people can feel confident that I'm going to be entertained, I'm going to be stimulated, there's things yeah. to do, I'm going to be fulfilled here, whether it's artistically, culturally, yeah. just being able to go out to whether it's Nocturnum or Blaze or Eleven Central or OBC or whatever it is and yeah. know that you're going to have a good time out. Yeah, that Those types of things that... Bangor's done a pretty good job of incentivizing business owners and supporting people to create those things. Yeah, Jobs is still the, the number one thing, and we yeah. still got a ways to go on that. Bangor's kind of its own little pocket relative yeah. to the rural area around us where you work for the hospital, you can work for a bank, you can work yeah. for a law firm, you can work... <laughs> yeah, doctor, lawyer, banker. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. saw a meme that said that. It said, "If it said living in Maine and you're not a doctor, lawyer, banker, banker, good luck. Yeah, yeah. There's truth to that for sure. But... Yeah. And these, the brain drain thing, first of all, I don't, I'm not crazy about the brain drain term. I know everybody yeah, uses it. I just, but I use it. Yeah. It implies everybody's smart left though. And yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of good people around here that are smart yeah. that have stayed or yes. come back, but yeah. this has also been a problem forever. And yeah. the first time I was mayor, you do a little speech when you get chosen as mayor. And yeah. I'm, I found Joshua Chamberlain's. <coughs> Excuse me, Joshua Chamberlain's inaugural address from when he was governor in like the 1870s or 1880s after the Civil War. Yeah. He was talking about the concept of the brain drain even really? back then. Yeah. And he was saying that Maine needs to be known as a great place to stay instead yeah. of a great place to be from. Yeah. And yeah, 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 he yeah. called Maine, I think he called it a nursery of civilization. Like people yeah. are born here and cultivated here and then they go out to serve the world in some capacity. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So part of it's the geography, part of it's not having real urban centers other than Portland yeah. and certainly parts of Bangor, but it's not really a true metropolitan area like one of these yeah. other big cities. If you want to if you're growing up and you want to live in a big city, you're probably not going to stay in Maine. Yeah. 
Yeah. But if we emphasize the recreational opportunities, I mean, Maine's got some of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. As you know, you travel a lot. Yeah. People come from all over the world yeah. to Maine. And it's right in our backyard. It's clean water. It's clean air. Yeah. Poland Spring. Yeah. yeah. Tons of tons of stuff to do. Uh, just, I don't know. we got to promote that and yeah, be I, proud I think, of it. I think people forget that because even wh- whether you live in Bangor or really any city in the country, a lot of time people don't leave their hometown. And so even Bangor, like sometimes I'll forget that like, the Bangor Forest exists with the bog yep. walk and all that stuff. Or in, in literally 15 minutes from my door, I can be at a beautiful lake, Lucerne, yep. like on a jet ski. And so I think when people just get in the daily grind of like going there nine to five in Bangor and it's March and it's cold and they're like, oh God, this is horrible. Yep. But when you're in New York City, it's also cold and horrible and you're freezing as you run to the subway and you're working the nine to five to pay for your $3,000 a month apartment and you don't get to do those things. So sure, there's more like yep. concerts and art and culture and and I hate to say it, more attractive <laughs> dating <laughs> options, um, but it's it's a trade-off. Yeah. And I think it's it's also one of those things that um, I think changes over time, at least for me. Like I went to L.A. for uh, three and a half years, New York for three and a half years, and then finally I was like, okay, I wanna, I'm older now. I want to be back in Maine and relax, and you wanted to raise a family. Yeah. So I think there's a fair amount of that, but the problem is when people originally leave, they then get their husbands and wives in the cities yeah. and they end up having a life Sell there them. and staying. Yeah. Um, and I, once again, I don't know cause we can't, we're not going to talk to Amazon into opening shop here, yeah. which has crossed my mind before about like Facebook and those big companies with their server farms. I'm like, yeah. they're in Nevada paying huge money to cool all these servers. If they came to Maine, they could just leave the doors open <laughs> yeah. and they'd be cold and they, they'd yeah. be fine. And like, you know, pennies on the dollar land in Northern Maine, they could build enormous server farms yeah. right next to lakes and have, you know, build a whole community there, but that's not likely to happen. So it's tough because I think the last time Bangor had a population increase was when we had the military. Yeah. That Air Force Base. Yeah. yeah. And that went away, and I think our population dropped by 10,000 people overnight. Yeah. Um, and so once again, unless there's something magic like the government doing that, I don't I don't know how to increase population. I think the stat that – it was a few years ago that the stat started, but it said that Maine's population actually dropped 300. Yeah. And the following year, it dropped 600. So yeah. I don't know if that's continued. It was a few years ago I saw that. But if that continues happening, are we screwed for that? Yeah. I think Maine was one of only two states to have a loss in population by whatever time metric. It was Maine and West Virginia. And uh, the whole system, uh, the economic system, the social service system, it all depends on having new people come in. And if your population is stagnant, and we all know Maine's rural population especially is older, uh, not always – I mean, I don't want to disparage people that live in rural areas, but there's – there's health issues there's issues with poverty there's social service needs but not the dollars to go along with them and i don't know uh we need it's going to sound like i'm like queuing myself up to run for governor here or something but we need (laughs) like a relentless focus on this and i think in the lepage years one of the responsibilities of the governor is to be a cheerleader for your state and to be yeah. super positive and promote it. And yeah. I try to do that with Bangor. I think yeah. Janet Mills has already changed the tone and tenor a lot. Yeah, you got to be super positive about your state. Yeah, no, no, whatever your whatever way you lean, you still need to be positive. Yeah, when you have negative, angry politics, it's not good for anybody. Yeah, because that compounds on itself. Just as yeah. on the opposite side, being positive builds more uh, optimism. I think and. There are plenty of good things to talk about, uh, and we've talked about some of them here just in Bangor, but just with the yeah. universities. There's lots of entrepreneurial things going on at the universities, at the University yeah. of Maine, that you wouldn't think that there's businesses being spun out of an academic setting, but yeah. there are. And yeah. I think Bangor's population will grow. Unfortunately, some of it might be to the detriment of the rural areas, because yeah. if you're growing up in you know, Dover, Milo, Millinocket, East Millinocket, Lincoln, yeah. What are you going to do in those areas really long term? Some of those folks are coming to Bangor, which our population might swell a little bit from yeah. that. But I don't know. Long term, I worry a lot about the rural yeah. areas in Maine and Bangor too, but it would have always been kind of our own little pocket. And I think Bangor yeah. is going to be okay. Um, and so there might not, you might not have an answer for this. Because um, once again, I, I didn't. I don't tell any of my guests uh, questions they're going to get. I, they just show up and I talk to them <laughs> about random things. Um, but do you have any way you can say somebody's considering moving back or opening a business? Like one of my yep. tenants actually um, is doing something called Tip Whip. So I'll plug his, his thing. It's a yep. thing kind of like Uber. Um, he's had Bangor Savings Bank invest with him and he's trying to do it with the Orono kids. And it's, it's like Uber for college kids. Go yep. look it up, Tip Whip. Um, but 
do you have anything, any programs or incentives you can mention to people? Like I know there's an, a, a business incubator sort of thing up on the new main campus, but yeah. like, let's say you're a young single woman. Do you know of any city grants or things people can apply for? And was, you might not know anything, yeah. but if you do, tell people about it. Well, the it. University of Maine one is good, the Innovation yeah. Center up there. We yeah. have a makerspace in Bangor that, uh, or uh, it's out by the airport. There's a shared office space there's a there's cohort in downtown bangor now yep. that's shared working spaces all those pieces are sort of part of this entrepreneurial infrastructure that we're sort of trying to develop uh but it's got a ways to go in terms of grants uh the city does things like facade grants for downtown businesses there's some development grants in some of the residential neighborhoods the low and moderate income neighborhoods yep <clears throat> but we haven't been able to roll out anything quite as effective as saying move here and you will get yeah. you know, this portion of your student loans paid back, or you yeah. will get this. I, I heard there up. might be something like that coming. The for state's Maine? working on that. Yeah, yeah. which okay. would be great. It would be yeah. great. I mean, anytime you incentivize something, you don't want to. It was for young couples, right? It's yeah, like I don't if know. A exactly, young married but... couple move back. I think it wasn't like they required you to have kids, but it was something like that. Yeah. Like, come work here for a few years. Come make just... babies. <laughs> we'll pay you. <laughs> well, that's part of the issue, too. It's not only that we're shrinking, but that nobody's having kids. Yeah. You know, so it's not that people are moving away, but nobody's yeah. repopulating. Well, back the in the day, you'd have families of 10 or 11 kids, yeah. and now one or two is the norm. Yeah, I, I come from a family of four kids, and I haven't had any yet. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'd like to someday. You're but... the problem. <laughs> I know. I am. I wanted to gallivant around and travel and do my thing. Yeah. Guilty yeah. as charged. Well, there's always time. But. No, I mean, what we try to emphasize is just what a great place to live this is and you know, yeah. the, the work-life balance. And I mean, speaking for me personally, when I came back, I ran for city council within six months of moving back and yeah. got elected uh, strongly. And there was nobody telling me no, not to do yeah. that, really. I was really proud of you, by the way, when you did that. Because, <laughs> you know, I think most people, it crosses their mind, like, oh, I could be a politician to run. So I'd always like, oh, I could do that. And I watched you do it. And I was like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> well, so I'm really, really proud that you did yeah, that. But if I was, were in Boston and I wanted to be yeah. on the Boston City Council, it would probably yeah. be two decades of winding my way through some bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. Whereas in Bangor, you can get involved and you yeah. can start a you can start a concert company or you can start yeah. a business or a restaurant or a food truck or anything Th like that, that is the great part about where we're at right now with the big the, just the tip of our renaissance starting yeah. if you do want to start a company bangor's prime for it right now yeah. like even my brother's living in portland and he's shopping for condos and stuff he's like i can't afford anything here yeah and portland is only twice our size and i'd say probably what 20 years ahead of us yeah and growth and people um, will root for your success here when yeah. I moved back, people really wanted me to be here and wanted yeah. me to be successful and yeah. helped helped me in countless ways yeah. to be successful. It, it, you know, it's funny you say that because a lot of people have said the opposite. They'll be like, oh, when I, I feel back in Bangor, small town mentality where they want, well, I want to see you fail. But the people that say that to me are always ones that have left and are yeah. gone. I'm like, well, you're not here doing it, so maybe that's why they're giving yeah. you crap is because you didn't follow yeah. through. And yeah. maybe I, I don't know, I'm looking at this in a rosy way, looking back, there were definitely people, yeah. actually there were people telling me to slow down, wait your turn, Yeah, but I don't know. The, the I don't thing, remember that. Everybody ones. does that though, because people, like we're talking about with the peer group mentality, comparing yourself to others through social media. If somebody's sitting at home watching Netflix and they see Ben do, becoming mayor, yeah. they might have a little animosity towards you, like, oh, because it makes them feel bad about themselves. Yeah. So a lot of the time that negative small town talk, I think, is people really just being jealous yeah for luck i'm yeah. sure there's some of that and hopefully yeah. me being involved has inspired some other people to similarly get involved but yeah oh no it definitely I mean, it def people that's like i said that is the one good thing about comparing yourself to others is it motivates you yeah you have, you have mo motivated me numerous times man oh well, thank you I'm yeah very impressed with your accolades yeah. And you now, I mean, I'd be at a meeting and I'd be rather be like at home watching Netflix too all the time. So <laughs> yeah. there's two sides to that one. But yeah. 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 Well, once again, as I said that Jan and I were talking about that exact thing, you know, I think we mentioned um, uh, Mark, uh, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, and yeah. how he gets up at three or four in the morning or something. But ultimately, like there are all those people type A that want to work hard and, and be yeah. crazy, but you don't need to do that. If yeah. you want to watch Netflix for a few hours, yeah. like Ben, do you admit you watch Netflix for a few hours? All the time. There you Practically have it, guys. every night. You yeah. can be successful like Ben and still take yeah. the time to watch yeah. Netflix. And your idea of success might be not waking up at three or four in the morning, yeah. and that's yeah. perfectly fine. That's yes. actually really healthy, yeah. I think. But um, So we've got four minutes left on here, and I did – let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, we got some questions from the interwebs. <laughs> Uh, from people, Let's see if I can go to my homepage. They're probably here. about potholes. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them was yeah. actually. Um, yes, here we are. So, uh, so, 
Andrew Brooking Savage says, uh, was the West Side Little League's 1996 Bangor Hydro squad the best team ever? <laughs> Bangor assigned? Hydro, yeah. Coach Dave Mansfield. Yeah, yeah Andy Savage. It's fu- it's still funny to hear him go- said a- called Andrew because yeah. it was always Andy yeah, I just, growing I'm up. Pronouncing his full face. Yeah, Casey Saviello was on that team. Yeah. Josh Johnson was on that team. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, I'll, yeah. It's just like perfect example of like great small the, town. I was gonna say the good old like you're riding your bikes, yeah. fresh cut grass. It's like or, happy like, days, 1950s style small town stuff. And this was the town yeah. we grew up in in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. So did you hear that? There you go. You answer your question. How about that? <laughs> I'm eventually going to get to Collins, but I knew nobody cares enough about the show yet. Yeah. Collins, so I did these pre pre packaged questions. Yeah. Um, so Frankie Chapa wants me to ask you about your um, your philanthropy in high school, organizing statewide clothing uh, clothing drive, and yes, that's it. So yeah. tell us about that. That's a prob- That's a, actually a good example. Like I was saying earlier, when I moved back to Bangor there were very few people blocking the way of trying to do things. I think in high school, I learned at some point that if I wanted to organize an activity or participate in something or drive yeah. a cause forward, yeah. there was there, there were no roadblocks. Yeah. yeah, just do it. If anything, people, teachers, faculty, staff, family members, neighbors would actually lift you up to support you. Yeah. I think a lot of people, if they have a goal or they see, ah, oh, I wish I could be on city council or something, got to start. Got to start somewhere and yeah. got to try. And I mean, people will bring different skill sets and organizational styles to it. But if you want to do something, there's not, there's not ever, there's not always things in the way to do it. Yeah. You can just do it. And yeah. high school kind of taught me that in some ways. The, the activity she's talking about was a clothing drive we did that morphed yeah. into this huge thing of, you know, 13, 14, 15 different schools in the area yeah. all doing clothing drives simultaneously. And we raised, tens of thousands of articles of clothing that was distributed some in Maine a lot in Central America and ended up being a really key part of my high school career I think and I mean I didn't do it as a resume builder but I think it was probably the organization of that was probably something that helped me in pursuing further things not to mention that the skills learned from organizing activities when you're young but I don't know high school was good in that way that if you wanted to do something you could generally just yeah, do it just do it yeah it's, it's yeah. funny when we did the first um kabang festival on the waterfront we went to city hall and we're like oh my god what are they going to require of us and it was this little old lady named rose and she goes <laughs> oh you just fill out this permit here and it's 35 dollars." Yeah. and i looked at tim and i was like okay so we have the waterfront first ticketed event for a huge concert and yeah. we just paid 35 it's very different now obviously yeah. fast forward 10 years um but it just goes to show you sometimes the barriers to entry aren't what you think they are exactly and you can just go and do it and oh, also i want to clarify this because in past interviews i have said i have always claimed that kabang was the first ticketed event of the waterfront <laughs> and my friend john leonard who's stephen king's nephew pointed out at one point stephen king i think 15 years ago i don't remember which band it was but he had a ticketed event on the <laughs> waterfront where he put up like orange snow fencing it was a very small thing nice. i think like a thousand people came yeah. but i got to give credit where credit is due stephen yeah. king beat me to it yeah and before that there's always the folk festival that's free yeah so we always claim we were the first ticketed event. yeah every time yeah. the folk festival gets named as the first major event on the waterfront there's the shakespeare and the park people that come uh, out yeah. too and yeah, they see, always I, claim that I, yeah. I don't i don't want to claim things yeah. because i'm like maybe i wasn't the first and then I, of course found out i wasn't so. yeah 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 but I, I like that you that you uh, said that that you should just do it yeah. Nike style. Yeah. Now the phrase you use, barriers to entry, are sometimes non-existent. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah the you, barriers are mental or I don't know, not logistical, and certainly not person personal. Yeah. You yeah. don't know until you ask. Right. Right. Uh, let me see if there's anything else on here. Um. Oh, the pothole one, which we've already kind of addressed. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? We'll, we'll end on this note. My dad, I just saw my dad had posted one. So my dad wants to know, what? where do you see your political future going? Because I know you oh, joked earlier, like, oh, I yeah. sound like I'm running for governor. I've been yeah. giving you uh, like giving you a hard time for years now saying, oh, no, you're going to yeah. be governor, Ben. Do, is that something in your horizon? You want to go to that level or do you like yeah. it more local? Well, there's seasons in life for these types of things, I think. And had yeah. you asked me this exact question five or six years ago, yeah. I'm I 100% sure I would have given a different answer because yeah. five or six years ago, I was thinking more along that path of thinking about running, whether yeah. it was for governor or something else, or trying to get to Augusta or yeah. DC at some point. And I'm sort of in a trough with that at the moment because I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a three-month-old at home, and all my energy is in them. Yeah, I love my day job. I work at a, at a bank, First National Bank, in my day job. I really am fulfilled by that, and I love local city council. Yeah, 
and right now I'm just at a trough in it. And and yeah. honestly, as bad as everything is in Washington D.C. Yeah. to a lesser degree, Augusta. Yeah. It sort of just made me disengage with politics a little bit. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that I haven't had this reaction. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I a lot of people right now, and I admire these people they're more motivated than ever to get involved with stuff because of how bleak things are especially in washington dc yeah it's made me disengage yeah and i'm still doing a ton locally and i got my focus is with my family yeah i think probably the itch will come back again at some point yeah but also i don't know the political discourse right now is not totally my style i'm sort yeah. of moderate i'm yeah sort of you're not an angry yeah. jerk. <laughs> it's red meat on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Like, I feel like right now the political spectrum, 10 to 20% of people on both sides are as fired up as they've ever been. Yeah. And everybody else is varying levels of disengagement with it. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, I've, I've checked out. Sometimes yeah. I stop watching the news and I'm like, well, I know it's just going to be 24 hour Trump. Like, I, yeah. don't need, I don't care anymore. That's me too. That's it's me too. It. Yeah. And I think the itch might come back at some point, but yeah. I also don't see the partisanship and the crazy language and in, in, in the diversion of policy, the Republicans are going further to the right. Democrats are going further to the left. Yeah. I'm not at home in either political party, in either yeah. camp really. Yeah. 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 I, same thing for me. Yeah. I share things in both that I like. And it's yeah. Like... And that's just not in vogue right now in politics. No. The pendulum swings back though. So yeah. you never know. But before I had kids, I would have said, given a different answer yeah. and God's yeah. honest truth. I'm not, itching for it right now yeah well that's the thing i saw something in my news feed the other day that said for parents when they have the child it takes six years after that child is born before their sleep schedule returns <laughs> yeah. to normal yeah so let's give it you know 15 years to see where you're at. once your kids are like high school yeah. age and stuff maybe you'll get that yeah that uh itch again because i have the same thing for me i've gone through ups and downs of like i'm gonna get into politics and then i'm like no yeah. way well you should think about running for city council <laughs> if, if your seat opens up i'll run for yeah your mine's gonna open up in 2020 <laughs> i'm termed out in 2020 so oh man i can't yeah. believe we're getting old that you've termed out Jeez. i know how did this happen to us, yeah, but we could take ten years off from politics, and yeah. I could run for something higher up and still be young in politics. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, age is age, num the number's weird, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, right now I'm just happy to be doing my thing locally and I try to get I get like creative outlet, whether it's conversations like this or just social yeah. media stuff. And yeah. I don't know, I'm I'm doing fine with it, but cool. I would definitely be following the 2020 elections just out of curiosity and a political nerd in me, but yeah, no plans myself to run for anything. Yeah. anytime soon well you heard it here first he's running for governor <laughs> well thanks so much ben for coming on we've now reached our hour a few minutes over I'll yeah i'll edit this all together put it out there for the people of the world to see and uh hopefully they'll like what we talked about yeah it's my pleasure thank you for having me on yep cool peace out <laughs>